Welcome to On the Record, a guide to English law, the legal podcast brought to you by Glazier Solicitors. Hello and welcome to On the Record, a guide to English law, a podcast hosted by Glazier Solicitors. Today we have a special bonus episode with the Brexit deadline coming up, and I am joined today by two of our corporate commercial department members. Nikki, who has already been on the podcast before, we were talking about business restructuring. And we also have William here today. Welcome, both of you. How are you? Hi, welcome. Nice to be here. Very well, thank you. Well, William, as you've not been on the podcast before, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm William Pinnock. I'm head of corporate and commercial here at Glaziers. Many uh, years experience in two or three uh, central Manchester firms dealing with a wide range of corporate and commercial matters. So with the deadline closely looming, let's jump right in. Could you give us a little bit of information about what we are talking about today? Yeah, today what we're looking at is the impact of Brexit on normal trading commercial contracts, particularly at the end of the transition period, which Uh, as we speak, is due in, I think, uh, 10 days' time. We're going to be looking at the the impact of the end of the transition period on general commercial contracts, so typically trading contracts for the supply of goods and services. We're not talking about employment contracts, finance or banking, or specialist contracts such as IP licensing or anything like that. And in addition, we're not talking about corporate contracts. So, So that's to say, Share purchase agreements, business purchase agreements, joint ventures, that kind of thing. So anything which involves a change of ownership of a business is, is outside scope for today. So I know, like you said, we are 10 days away from this deadline and everything could change. But what is happening at the moment and as the end of the year comes? Well, to, to, to recap, and I'm conscious that uh, most of the people listening to this will already be aware of most of this. But just to, to recap very briefly... The UK left the EU on the 31st of January this year, since when we've been in a transition period. And we and the EU and most of the countries with which the EU has trading agreements have acted as if the UK was still part of the EU until now. This has included the effects of EU law on the law of the UK. This period comes to an end at midnight on New Year's Eve. And what happens thereafter is partly determined already, but largely will be determined by whether or not a trade deal is hammered out between ourselves and the EU before then. In particular, that will affect whether or not we remain a member of the single market and the customs union. So Nikki, what effect will this have on laws in England and Wales, particularly those relevant to making and enforcing commercial contracts? Technically, As we are approaching the end of the transition period and after the 31st of December, there will be no immediate legal effects within England and uh, Wales, that is. So basically, there's a a section two to four of the European Union withdrawal agreement states. Some EU-derived domestic legislation will still be retained. So as it had effect in the UK at the end of the transition period, it will continue to, to have effect. That will include UK legislation that implements EU directives or relates otherwise to the EU or the European economic area, for example, the JDPR, so that will still remain as is. It will save and convert some uh, directly applicable EU legislation into UK law 
all EU law that was immediately in effect before the end of the transition period, but only so far as it applied to the UK under the transition arrangements will still uh, remain in place. Also, some of the EU rights that were in place before the end of the transition period will still be recognised and available in UK law through some savings and modifications to uh, some sections of the European Commission Act 1972, such as directly effective rights on the EU treaties. Some other EU law will cease to have effect, for example, the Charter of Fundamental Rights. Obviously, that's not relatively important for commercial transactions, but it's worth mentioning. There will be some possible practical effects. For example, there might be some uh, immediate delays and shortages. I mean, we've all heard this morning when France decided to close the borders, uh, the deadlock that was created in, in Kent. So this is just like a preview of what might happen. Obviously, nobody knows how it's going to pan out because if there's no deal, if there is a deal, things might change, but it's worth mentioning it. In due course, the law will evolve as the UK Parliament decides, which has always been the case, but this will not be driven by EU, which has been the case in the last 30 years or so that the UK has been part of the EU. The UK will also have the choice to depart from EU law, where it has been directly incorporated into UK law or incorporated by adoption in the withdrawal agreement. This might be constrained by a potential EU and UK trade deal, but obviously we will have to wait and see how that happens. And again, dependent on any EU trade deal, we may still have to incorporate some new EU legislation into our domestic law. So nothing is entirely clear, but we're just um, trying to see what happens. William, Nikki's talked about England and Wales. What about cross-border business relationships? Yes, as Nikki set out, I mean, if, if you're dealing with customers and suppliers who are based in, the, in England and Wales, you probably don't have immediate issues to be dealing with. By contrast, if you export or import to and from the EU, and, and also if you import or export to, to other countries, there could be much more change which you have to cater for now. In particular, and, and this in fact is not dependent on a trade deal, there are already new import and export procedures which you have to comply with. So if, if you import or export, you need to make yourself familiar with those. In addition to that, and dependent on the outcome of these talks, there could be uh, other requirements and restrictions on importing and exporting. There could be the imposition of further customs requirements, import VAT, and of course, the biggest issue probably of all, the imposition of tariffs, either generally, which will probably be the case if there is no deal, or perhaps selectively if there is a partial deal. At the present time, and in particular at the moment where there's a, a deafening silence coming from the negotiators on the deal, we don't know what the terms of that deal are or are likely to be. We assume that any deal will include no tariffs. But again, that's only an assumption, and that may or may not be the case. And we assume that a big part of the deal would be the elimination as far as possible of all friction on trade. So that would really be customs requirements, either direct practical issues at the ports or administrative considerations, which might apply there, but might also apply, if you like, in the back room of the companies importing and exporting. So as I say, there will certainly be new customs procedures. We hope that is all that there will be. 
there is some guidance on the UK government website as to what may be the case, but as I've as we've reiterated and as we're all aware, it's highly dependent on the outcome of the talks, which we certainly hope will be successful. If your business trades with non-EU countries, but those which have a trade deal with the EU, that will count as an entirely new relationship. The UK has already been negotiating with some of those countries and such agreements are already in place with some of those countries, such as Canada and Korea, and negotiations are proceeding with the others in that list. And finally, if you export or import with countries which are not in the EU and with which the EU does not have a trade deal or arrangement, the, the good news is that uh, there should be no change to those arrangements and the, the previous arrangements which you had in place, if any, should continue. What about CE marking, Nikki? There is, as we all know, the CE mark, the kite mark, which is required for many products to be sold in the EU. Basically, that indicates that there are certain EU standards that are satisfied, for example, in terms of safety, health and environmental requirements. Now, this um, CE mark for products that are sold in the UK will no longer be effective. So there's a new UK mark, which is called UKCA mark, which will be required for all goods that are sold within the UK. And that comes into effect from 1st of January 2021. If you are continuing to sell products in the EU, you will still have to have the CE mark. So the UKCA mark is not effective in the EU. So we have one domestic mark, the UKCA for UK products. We have the CE mark, which will continue to apply for all products traveling between UK and EU. And I think the plan is to give businesses a year to change from the CE mark they're all they're currently using to the UKCA mark. So that's until the end of 2021. The requirements, as I said, the requirements for the CA will remain in, in effect for the rest of the EU. So if you are exporting, if our listeners, any of our listeners are exporting, they will still have to obtain that in addition to the UKCA mark if they are selling goods in the UK. So a bit more complicated after the 1st of January. We've looked at some of the specific changes that have happened already and some things that we may expect. But what are the practical effects that we can expect to see? I think that there will be some changes of practice, which will certainly be required if you import or export. There may also be some changes to the contracts which you are using to take account of those and to reflect the new requirements. In addition to that, it is possible that the new requirements, and in particular, if there are any tariffs which are imposed, could affect the viability of certain import and export streams. In general, tariffs will make any particular import or export stream less competitive and therefore may make it uneconomic. And of course, this could have a knock-on effect of the viability of particular companies. In addition to that, even if the economic basis of import and export streams uh, remains unaffected or or is uh, sufficiently robust that it can cope with those, it seems very likely that there will at the least be some disruption to trade at the various ports, both within the UK 
and with the various exporting countries. So as a consequence of that, trade is going to be disrupted. And I think we've got to expect there are going to be delays in supplies coming through, and hence there are going to be shortages of one sort or another. And that, of course, can have knock-on effects for all sorts of businesses and customers up and down the, the chain of manufacture or distribution. Nikki, I believe the last question is for you. What can businesses do now to protect themselves against the consequences of any of these changes? Okay, well, obviously, keep listening to all the news and keep yourself updated on what's happening. But in a more hands-on level, there's a few things that you can do. First of all, you can go through your contracts and try and see if there's anything that needs to be redrafted to accommodate the changes that might come into how you do your trading. You might want to include terms in your contracts to give you some recourse if some of the things we've discussed previously taking place. And for example, you might want to say, well, I'd like to reduce the price I pay for the goods on which tariffs or duty have to be paid. Or you want to extend the option to terminate a contract if any circumstances are particularly prejudicial to you come to life. Obviously, all of that will depend on whether your counterparty, the party on the other side, will agree on this. So you might want to change your payment terms, but that obviously is subject to the other party agreeing to that. As we move on to the after Brexit period, and things will start to settle, hopefully, there might be some longer term structural changes that are made to laws by the UK. Whether that will be in accordance with requirements of an EU deal or not, we don't know, but there might be further changes that need to be made. So this is something that we need to be monitored and keep an eye out and see how we accommodate for that. William, anything you want to add? No, I think that um, that covers everything for, for this uh, podcast. The sort of areas which will not be immediately affected, but will probably be affected in the, the medium and longer term, are the areas which have been driven most particularly by EU legislation. And those are probably state aid, procurement and competition. Now, it is very unlikely that a UK government would want to get rid of the uh, provisions around those areas, but they might want to change them away from the EU model to a model which is felt to be more suitable to the UK. Of course, whether that's possible within the constraints of a, of a trade deal remains to be seen. So, you know, everything is, is dependent on hearing what the outcome of those negotiations are. I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on what happens in the news and cross our fingers to make sure that they stay talking at the table and get something done in time. Well, William and Nikki, thank you so much for your time. I realize a lot of this is uncertain, but I'm sure all of our listeners will appreciate the little bit of guidance that you are able to provide. So thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a great rest of your year and a happy new year. And we will see you next year. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bethany. Merry Christmas to everybody. Thanks.